0: it means to kick the bucket? Of course you do. It means to die. But do you know where this phrase came from? Well, legend has it that in medieval times, when people were executed by hanging, they would often stand on a bucket before the noose was placed around their neck. When the bucket was kicked away, the person would be hanged. That sounds right. But what if I told you that back in colonial America, people used to store their water in large wooden buckets? Sometimes these buckets would get infested with mosquitoes or other pests. To get rid of them, people would kick the buckets over and spill the water. Of course, this also meant that they had no water left to drink. And without water, they would soon die of dehydration. Yeah, okay, it's not my best work. It's the hanging one. But let's face it, both of these origin stories are pretty interesting. In each episode, I'll go head-to-head with a celebrity guest, taking turns trying to persuade each other that our origin story is the real one. And sometimes it will be, but sometimes history needs a little humor. I'm Andrew Keenan-Bolger, and this is That Sounds Right y'all. We have a real treat for you because our guest on the pod today is none other than Ellen Marsh. She is a multi-talented Broadway actress, comedian, and podcasting queen. She has appeared on The Great White Way and Kinky Boots, Pretty Woman, The Rose Tattoo, Priscilla Queen of the Desert, and Enron in the films Better Nate Than Ever, and is the co-creator of the very funny digital series Turning the Tables. You can find her on your podcast app as the co-host of the amazing true crime podcasts, I think not obsessed with Disappeared and Robbie and Ellen solve the case and according to the internet has size five feet and a net worth of 15 million dollars. Please welcome Ellen Marsh.
1: All of those things are true. They're
0: That's all true. 15
1: million. 15
0: million dollars that uh, look. Could you
1: imagine?
0: <laughs> Could you imagine having 15 million and agreeing to come on this podcast? Yeah. I'm just,
1: they're like she has 15 $15. <laughs>
0: Wait, are your feet actually size 5? No,
1: but like also why is that marketable information? <laughs> why, why is
0: that on the internet when I Google you and it's like, would you also like to know Ellen Marsh's foot size? They were
1: like, you know what? People <laughs> send her shoes.
0: <laughs> you know what? People hear your voice and they're like, I can tell she has sexy feet.
1: Yeah, they're like, What would sh- what feet- what shoes could I send? No, I'm an eight. I'm a perfectly normal oh size human. Do you have size five feet? No, I have size eight and a half feet if anyone
0: wants to update my male wiki feet score.
1: Yeah. Okay. I feel yeah. like it yeah. I feel like that's we. Is that we for a man? Um, it's I would say I'm like pretty
0: standard to small. OK. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm not a size five. So if anyone cares to send me Louboutins, it's size <laughs> eight. Size eight. please don't
0: send her tiny Barbie shoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having oh me. Oh, my gosh. Ellen, I I love when folks from the Broadway community have added hyphenates to their titles and have branched out beyond being an interpreter to also being a creator. Um, can you tell me, like, what inspired you to take that step and start creating your own stuff?
1: I, I don't know. I mean, I guess when the internet started, I just started being like insufferable <laughs> on the internet and just tried to like see what sticks. Uh-huh. But and always just kind of like having an idea and being a yes man, I guess, you know, like, with turning the tables, like, I just was like, Oh, you know, what is so funny is auditioning. And And then I just texted a bunch of our funny friends and funny Broadway people. And I was like, I kind of have this funny idea. I think it's just doing it. Mm -hmm. And I read Amy Poehler's book, Yes, Please. Yeah. And she says if 5% of what you do is funny or interesting, you're winning.
0: Oh, wow. So it's
1: like if you just throw it all at the wall and see what sticks, someone's going to laugh at you, sometimes with you. (laughs) I don't know. You're a creator, too. What made you start it? doing all that stuff. I mean,
0: I think a lot of it is honestly, a lot of it is fear that when it's good, it is going to go away. Yeah. And which is maybe not the most healthy approach to be like, wow, I'm I'm in a Broadway show like this could disappear in at the drop of a hat to use a common idiom. Um what what could I possibly be doing? Because I think at the end of the day, as when you're an actor, the idea of unstructured time is so terrifying to me.
1: Yeah. To
0: be like, oh, now I have seven months where I have no idea what I'm doing.
1: Well, that's what was so hard about the pandemic was <laughs> yeah. not having structure. Yeah, my not gosh. Not having a schedule because I can't be left to my own devices. N-
0: no. I need It's someone... a goldfish. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, if someone's like, do you want to do this? I'm like, yeah, but tell me when you need it. And they're like, whenever I'm like, no, but say a deadline. <laughs> yeah, Cause yes. I need that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I am exactly the same way. <laughs> um, one thing that you and I also have in common is our absolute obsession with true crime. It is seriously, it's the only way that I can fall asleep every night is by like listening to someone, pref- preferably with like a very gentle voice. So not me. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you know what I will say? Um, it is usually the people with a gentle voice talking about the gruesome murders that I fall asleep to, which your podcasts make me cackle when I listen to them at night. And I have had to move them. They have shifted over from like nighttime listens to gym and or subway or
1: more yeah morning. Well, Rabia, my partner, yeah. I mean, her voice is like very butter. soothing.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah, a voice made for NPR.
1: Yeah, sh- her voice is like liquid gold, and I, I, I um, I'm like a colonoscopy. <laughs> I am, I am like, Ugh. Uh, but we balance each other out.
0: What, <laughs> what was your um? What is your origin story of being a true crime obsessed?
1: I have always, you know, I, oh, do you remember the blockbuster on 8th Avenue? On 8th, and
0: like 51st or something? Yeah. yeah.
1: I used to go there and get like true crime documents. No way. Like when, I guess that was like around, remember when you had to order Netflix and wait for it to come? Yeah. I used to go there and go to the true crime section. I've always been fascinated. With true crime, which a lot of people's true crime fascination started with serial, yeah, which yeah. is so full circle back to Robbie. And you're like, oh,
0: honey, if you can't love me for my forensic files, like. Yeah.
1: I mean, and I've always kind of, I was always like that kid that when I saw a movie, I would guess the end yeah. or I would I, like super annoying. Like, how annoying is that? <laughs> um, but I would always be like, well, this happened. And my brothers would be like, shut up. The- Uh, I don't know if we can curse on this podcast we can bleep it Um, (laughs) go for it and so I've always just kind of like loved puzzles and mysteries and things like that and so I love true crime like I remember watching Dear Zachary which is like an old yes um, documentary and then when true crime podcast when the podcasting genre of true crime took off I was like well yeah that's what I want to do and uh, And you're
0: like they need like a
1: brassy
0: soprano with, a like, a lot of chutzpah. Forward
1: ping. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, I grew up in the Bay Area, and so...
0: Oh, my God, yeah, just... Uh, well,
1: Zodiac, and then Scott Peterson. Oh I was God, riveted yeah. to the Scott Peterson trial. And so, yeah, what What about you? Well, you like the gory stuff? I
0: do. I There is something completely that I can detach from any of... Which is actually... <laughs> I mean, sort of complicated because I know is the worst day of all of these people's mm-hmm. lives. But there is something sort of like weirdly comforting. I think because just statistically, it would be weird at this point if I were murdered mm-hmm. because people would be like, that's, that's a so great weird. Like,
1: way to get. Andrew murdered.
0: loved true crime like isn't that wild that he got murdered so i think it is just me preventatively statistically it would be a coincidence so i think i'm not gonna get murdered because i uh-huh. like it too much
1: yeah i beg to death
0: oh you think i am like fully well
1: because you know <laughs> the what? old
0: the dumbo strangler is coming for me <laughs> like,
1: no but like you know how they say like everyone who gets murdered like lit up a room <laughs> So like statistically angel. you light up a lot of <laughs> I light rooms. Up a lot of you rooms. have a real that the free spirit too. Oh boy. I don't yeah. know. I mean best of luck. I, I I will cover it lovingly, but the number one way to get murdered is say you're not gonna get murdered.
0: <laughs> well, at least I am lucky that I have a deep trove of Instagram photos that they can use. Yeah. For whatever documentary they want to make about me. Y'all have added. Yeah, and
1: they're like they're very teal. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> incredibly aesthetic. Yeah.
0: So that sounds right. It is all about storytelling and occasionally telling some lies. Ellen, have you ever told a lie? No. You've never told mm-hmm. a lie.
1: No, everything is factual. All of course right. I've lied. If anyone says they haven't You're lied, like, they're I'm lying. Actress. I think the average person lies like a couple times a day. Yeah, we we gotta. Yeah, I, I, I have not lied today. Is that true? I, that's probably a lie. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah.
0: Can you give me a good lie that you've told recently?
1: Well, being a parent... Oh, sure. You know, is... A constant barrage of storytelling, you know, lying. Uh, you know, I lied when Lola went through my iMessages and she saw my iMessages. I lied when she found out that Santa Claus was real was a, was was not real was a big day. Oh, honey, yeah. Will you will you tell me about it? Well, first of all, um, I'll a small monster told her at the bus stop. Oh, so, come on. Yeah, that kid will definitely be on a Dateline special <laughs> if I have anything to do to say about it. But so Lola was like asking questions because like I don't think she wanted to believe what this kid said. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to like gauge if I could get eek another year out of Santa Claus because yeah. it's fun. Oh, come on. You it's know, the best. We're not religious or anything, but like Christmas is fun. So then she was like, so... Is he real? And I was like, well, he's more of a feeling. <laughs> and she's like, wait, a person is a feeling? I was like, because also being a parent is just like seeing me like, did you buy that? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And she's like, wait, a person can be a feeling? And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, so like what person is the feeling of like sadness? And I was like, no, no. And that's my mom. And I was like, and she's like, wait, Nona is saddest. And I was just talking myself in a circle. And she was like, wait, each person is a feeling. And I was like, "Hmm, yep.
0: You're like, this is a very tortured metaphor, but (laughs) we're going with (laughs) it. It was
1: so bad. Like if I could take it all back. And she's like, so a person is happiness. I was like, yep. Sure is. Uh, uh, Yeah. And I was like, okay, so Santa Claus isn't really real. He lives inside you and i was like it was this so isn't going bad. great and she's like there's a man inside me i was like you know what honey oh, no. it is not real it is not real and she's like "Well, what about all the santa Clauses we see i'm like no not real because i just told my child that there is an old man inside her and
0: wait it, till the kids at the bus hear about this it one it was
1: so pear-shaped, <laughs> and I was just trying to hold on to that childhood innocence, and I ended up scarring her and paying for way more therapy.
0: I think that's parenthood in a nutshell. Yeah. And You're doing great, sweetie. Thank
1: you. <laughs> and if anyone, if anyone wants to reach out for parenting hacks,
0: there <laughs> here comes the podcast. <laughs> all, the- all right. Should we get into the game? I love games. Okay. Um, so here are the rules. Each of us is going to draw a card with an idiom or a common phrase written on it, along with its origin story. We each get five minutes to review the actual origin, make some notes, and decide if we're going to be telling the real story, or if we can do one better than history and make one up. Either way, we have to convince the opponent that our story is the real one. We're going to take a short break so we can get to thinking, and when we come back, we'll take turns separating the fact from the funny. Ellen, I'm going to kick us off here and tell you about the backstory of the common phrase "close but no cigar." Ooh, tell me more. Close, tell but me no more. Cigar. Well, I I think I will front load this by just making the declaration that musicals have absolutely saved my butt in history class. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have learned so much from cast recordings that, like, when then I had to learn about them in school, I'm like. Oh yeah, I got this. And one of those specific time periods that I'm like, you know what, I think we're actually good is the Great Depression and it is because of the musical Annie. Yeah. So, here is what I learned about the Great Depression from Annie. Um there's a serious economic downturn mm-hmm. which led to widespread job loss. Um also, Herbert Hoover, I believe, was yeah. the president at the time during the Great Depression. I only know that um, because of the song, that very shady song. But also, like FDR is there at the end. And you're like, wait, who's president here? The details not important. <laughs> um, but one of the great things about the Great Depression is not only did it give us a Great Depression, it it also gave us the phrase "close but no cigar." Uh-huh. So. So come back with me, if you will, to the Great Depression. We're we're talking stock market crash. We're talking a dust bowl. Uh huh. Like a giant bowl of dust in this economy? Are you kidding? Yeah. We're talking um, bread lines. Mm-hmm. Definitely bread lines, mm-hmm. and just people on hard times. But do you know what is not on hard times? Musical theater. No. Yep. We're right back to musical theater. Musical theater was thriving. People were using it as like absolute escapism because like, you know what? You're hungry. You lost your job. You know what's going to make you feel better? Musicals. A kick line. Yeah. Always. <laughs> no, always a kick line. It's always going to cheer you up. Uh, and one of the big writing teams at that point were Rodgers and Hart. Mm-hmm. Now, do you know any Rodgers and Hart songs? Boys
1: from Syracuse. Boys from
0: Syracuse, yes. Um, They... They wrote songs that, like, people would know, like, uh, My Funny Valentine mm-hmm. or, like, The Lady is a Tramp. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of their most famous songs at the time was a song called Close, But, but No, no Cigar. Cigar. And it was for, from their 1920s review, The Broke Leggers. Yeah. That's the name of the review. It says yeah. it right here. Um, and. It was written as sort of a social commentary song, as songs were very wont to do in uh, back in those days. And it was uh, it was because there was rationing of tobacco during the Great Depression, as World War II was gearing up, and they were na- needing to save tobacco for the troops. Um, and so it meant that people who would typically smoked cigars had to move over to these very skinny little white things, cigarettes.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say <laughs> twinks. Okay. I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> you know, it's it's a twink. It's close, yeah, but, but it's...
1: It's a twink? No cigar. Okay.
0: <laughs> so the song Close But No Cigar is um, honestly not a song I have ever heard. And I think because it was so grounded in the time that um, people... I, I can picture people, though, dancing to that, like... A little close, but no no cigar. cigar. A little close, Close. but it's no cigar. It's a cigarette. It's no cigar. It's like a twink. It won't fill you up. That's disgusting. We might have to cut that.
1: (laughs) It's close, Um, but but no no cigar. cigar. Take me in your car.
0: No no cigar. And so uh, originally it was really written as meaning literally it's close, but literally no cigar. But... It came to mean something that really, it meant it almost succeeded, but it's not quite successful or mm-hmm. correct. And since then, everyone has basically forgotten that hit song, Close No Cigar. Yeah. But they have remembered the idiom forever.
1: Yeah. Can I ask you a follow up yeah, question? Absolutely. Two parts. Two parts. Stage version of Annie or movie with Carol Burnett.
0: Oh, Okay, maybe unpopular opinion. I'm going with like the like 1998 made for TV ABC movie starring Victor Garber as Daddy Warbucks and um, Audra McDonald as Grace and um, Kathy Bates as Miss Hannigan. That is like truly what I was raised on. The look, if you guys cannot see a look on a podcast, Ellen is completely speechless.
1: (laughs) I have answered this one incorrectly. I just want to talk to your parents. (laughs) At this point, I want to talk to your parents. The fact that your mind went to Kathy Bates instead of Carol Burnett. Okay, okay. Your gay card is taken away and your Broadway card is taken away. Maybe your last name. Because the Keenan Bulger last name holds some (laughs) gravitas. But
0: I I will take my gay card back slightly by saying... Kristen Chenoweth and Ellen Cumming as Rooster and Lily Saint Regis. Please? You're I, you're not
1: gonna win this, no. Yeah. I, because I was gonna say best song in the movie. Oh, and we is, got Annie. Okay, I feel like I should. She's a person. I feel like I feel like I made a mistake today because it's sign.
0: <laughs> what about Dumb Dog? Now, I am just okay.
1: well, we're not seeing eye to eye on that, but bonus. I I mean, it's (laughs) I just you know what? I'm just going to say I have a different opinion of you than I did 20 minutes ago. All right. Well, I think this was a two part question. So well, the well, the part was movie or play and then best song. Those were the two parts. And you failed both. Well, I guess. Yeah. Luckily, uh, you're cute because that's yeah. all you have going for you at this point. But those
0: dulcet tones of Audra singing "The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow" reprise, written specially for the ABC version. Okay, no. All right. No. Well, we've got nothing. Um, <laughs> okay, so, it, so if, if you have, if you had to guess if that is the indeed real origin of the phrase "close but no cigar," would you say that sounds right or that sounds wrong?
1: That sounds wrong. <laughs> but you're very cute. <laughs> Dang it. Yes, that
0: is correct. That That is not right. No, no, I made that up. Um, so do you want to know the actual phrase? I really
1: do, Okay, actually.
0: So the phrase originated in the United States during the 20th century. It was common for carnivals and fairgrounds to be targeted towards adults instead of children. And the games would offer cigars as prizes when players won. And when they didn't win, the co-worker would say, ah, close, but no cigar.
1: Okay, you want me back with the accent. <laughs> the you carny, want me back with the accent.
0: The 1920s carny man. Yeah, so that's the real one, which is actually pretty good.
1: Okay. Yeah. I liked your story.
0: <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I We're going to take a break, and we will be back with Ellen's version of the story.
1: All right. I am going to tell you about the expression caught red-handed. Ooh. Now, there were a couple things in this explanation that filled in the blank for me, but I am going to tell you where it's from. And the reason I know this is because this is something, you know, those like cheesy... um, bus tours like the double decker bus tours yeah, okay. yeah yeah so when I went backpacking in Europe that was like the best way to not only like see a city at first but mm-hmm. like actually like have a taxi. You know what I mean? So every time I go to a city with like friends or family, it's sort of like a family joke that we do like a cheesy bus tour. A little double decker. A little double decker. So my ex-husband is from England. And the first time my brother came to London, we took one of these double decker tours and they give you all the information. You know, they take you to all the places. So. The term caught red handed mm. is because in like the late 1800s, the queen was like super opulent. And, you know, all of the foam booths were painted black. And at the time, like, yeah. you know, the like cool, like British foam booths or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And just around Buckingham Palace and like just around like London proper, she was like paint them Pint all them red. Because like oh any gosh, colored, yeah. any like colored paint was like the sign of wealth because everything was the paint was like lead based it was literally like painting like lead on shit like <laughs> no wonder people died when they were like 35 you know so the people that like the like the poorer sections of london got really really upset because they're like you have money we don't have money yeah. like you, the the caste system was like so off at that time right yeah. so they had planned to like have a whole like it, like people like infiltrate this like area and paint the foam boost back to black. Okay, <gasps> small problem with that is because like the paint couldn't go over whatever they had like made the red paint with, like blood. No, <laughs> yeah. but, like whatever they had like it made. was like a high gloss finish. Yeah, and yeah. like, a, a little bit yeah, of like, like an you're gonna need shell. to do like a little sand. Yeah, because you know if you you have to go yeah. the Benjamin Moore. Yeah, or... you got to do a primer yeah. first, honey. Yeah, so. Their plan didn't work because the black couldn't go <sighs> over the red. They're like, okay, great. Let's regroup. Yeah. yeah so yeah. then they were like, let's start over. And they put something to like strip the red another like night or like a week later or whatever when their plan got foiled. They had another, they were like, okay, great. Let's strip the red. So they ended like scraping and script and like getting the red to repaint it black, like in the middle of the night when like nobody could see them. Right. So then the next day they wake up and like half of the... Phone booths are painted black and they're like what's going on we just spent all these pounds to (laughs) paint these red and the way that they went around and found Uh. them was because the people then had Dyed hands and like oh. dyed fingernails and cuticles. So, anyone who had, like, they would go around like door to door and insist on seeing people. And if they found anyone, and it was like dyed, yeah. like, you were like, this was like days. Meanwhile, like, there's some lady, she's like, I promise, I was just eating those flaming hot cheetos. Those flaming hot cheetos <laughs> I <wasn't>... my fingers. <laughs> no, but that's how they found people because oh, it would like stay good. for days and it was like all in their skin. And you know how they really caught them was like in their cute and stuff oh, because they well. couldn't get it out and then the queen was like off with your head and paint them all <gasps> red again and then they like I think they're they stayed red for forever but that is how the phrase caught red handed come on was created inspired because if that's how you were caught you were caught, yeah, you, were caught, caught, you, were red. caught you were caught
0: you were caught red handed you yeah. were caught red handed um oh man I mean do you have any like is there like a pop culture reference that you can think of where someone has used that phrase, caught red-handed?
1: I mean, I guess the the, the whole Vanderpump-Sandoval thing. Oh, yeah. Like, Definitely they were caught, caught red-handed. Red- Right. I also feel handed. like
0: that is. this is a good one for you, too, because I feel like it, there is a true crime element.
1: Oh, there's totally a true crime yeah. element. And it's like all about like, it's so funny because my daughter is doing Town right now. And it's all about the uprising and the poor not... Eat the rich. You know, <laughs> taking it from the rich. And they're like, you have money to paint these phone booths, but <laughs> we're eating... <gasps> tuppence I don't know what are they. <laughs> also,
0: that like the queen has like some forensic scientists going around like inspecting like all the splatter on yeah. people's but hands. But it was
1: apparently it was like so obvious because yeah. I kind of I don't remember like what the red was. Maybe it was like berries or I, something. I like that they
0: also fully go to paint it black and then it doesn't work. And they're like, you know what, our way out of this is to like fully paint chip like in the just, middle of the night like, like this is going great it.
1: they're like whatever they're, I'm sure they're using like some oh, horrible it's like not great. turpentine it's not great. or so, or like moonshine or something
0: <laughs> okay i am going to guess there there's no possible way that this is not true so i'm going to go with that sounds right that is right
1: No, it's you, a lie it was wait, a total lie you are
0: freaking kidding me i know it was a total Larson. lie i didn't
1: even read it i didn't even are read it are
0: you freaking
1: <laughs> serious also
0: folks we were at like the three minute mark. Two minutes had elapsed, and she's like, I'm done, and like crossed her hands. I was paused. Are you serious? I didn't even read the true story. You little liar. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Wait, what is the real one? The real
1: one is caught red-handed originates from Scotland near the 15th century. The phrase red-handed or red-hand refers to people being caught with blood on their <gasps> hands from a murder or poaching. The first documented mention of red-hand is in the Scottish Acts of Parliament, James 1, written in 1432. That offender be taken red-hand. Oh, they like give the like, where it's mentioned. Oh, okay. And um, the pop culture reference it was in it wasn't me honey i came in and caught me red-handed creeping with the girl next door that makes sense oh and there's an additional fact i didn't even get two pages i didn't even get to the second page what's the additional fact oh i don't know but um yeah to to be caught doing something illegal or bad but that's the real thing but
0: wow yeah I, i refuse to believe that that is your version actually is much better right
1: Come I didn't on. even read it. I was like, I don't want to know what
0: the real thing is. Oh, my God. Okay, well, I, usually, it, even though this is such an obvious slay on uh, part because she <laughs> not only guessed mine incorrect, but then fooled me. I think we should still play a little Sudden Death anyway. Okay. Just because we have those buzzers right there. Okay. Okay, so here are the rules for this. For Sudden Death... For this run, our producer is going to read us an obscure and very strange law, and we each have a buzzer, and the first one to buzz in gets to guess if that sounds right or if she's totally lying. Got it. Okay. Grab your buzzer. They have been specially programmed with, um, with uh, special Ellen Marsh sayings, if you want to say it into, oh. the, into the microphone. I hit it? Yeah.
1: Hello, versus. <laughs>
0: Hello, versus. Is that you? <laughs> That's me doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Pullover, sis. What is that? Is that pullover, sis? Is that?
1: Pullover, sis? Yeah.
0: Is that an Ellen Marsh expression?
1: I don't know. Is it? <laughs> oh, oh over, sis. Like pullover from my podcast?
0: I guess. I will be honest. I typed this into Etsy. You have full like fan merch that is your face and it's a decal. And underneath it, it says pullover, sis.
1: Oh, because, yeah. Because whenever... Because because on our podcast, whenever we tell something that's going to be like funny or outrageous, we don't want people to crash their cars. Oh,
0: pull over! So, so, so we say pull.
1: So we say pull over. Like we don't want. I don't want insurance claims oh with like god. my oh name my on it. You know. I was
0: also like, thanks Etsy. You just gave me like a free. I
1: love that. Yeah, you
0: have famous quotes. Oh All my right, god. and then mine is. I don't remember ordering a glass of your opinion. <laughs> oh my
1: god.
0: Which <laughs> on Etsy you can get this fully like cross stitched, <laughs> in like a beautiful frame. Oh.
1: Oh my gosh, that is yeah, so, so good.
0: Once again, the quote is,
1: I don't
0: remember ordering a glass of your
1: opinion. Oh, She's sassy. Very sassy. What, where did she get so much sass? Uh,
0: musicals. Oh, music. <laughs> from Miss Hannigan being her, like, <laughs> oh, go-to gosh. hero as a child. Okay, so um, we're going to have our producer read it, and then we'll buzz in. Okay.
1: It is illegal in Kentucky to marry the same man more than three times. Hello, Versus. That's not a law. What do I say? (laughs) (laughs) It's either that sounds right or whatever. Like, no. Is that a true law or a false law? A false law. Like it's not true. Well, it's not a true law. It is a true law. Oh, Oh, okay. You said Kentucky, and I was gonna go with it, but then I thought three seems excessive. Three seems
0: excessive. Okay. But you know what?
1: When in doubt, always agree. (laughs) Well, it's sudden death, so I still have a chance. Yeah. In Columbus, Ohio. Oh boy. It is illegal for stores to sell cornflakes on Sunday.
0: I don't remember ordering a glass of your opinion. <laughs> and so, so sassy. Um, I'm going to go with that's false because, like, if there's one thing people in Columbus like, it's, it's a cornflake.
1: Yeah, it's a corn. It's on the flag. It's a cornflake. It's for sure on the flag. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Wait, what? What? you can't do it in Columbus, Ohio, specifically. Do there... we know anyone? Can we call someone in Columbus, Ohio? Saeed. Saeed
0: lives in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> Get him on speaker. That
1: sounds
0: preposterous. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's outrageous. OK, well, we need one more. Or more.
1: It is a felony for a wife to open her husband's mail in Montana. Hello, that sounds right. It's right. Mm. I feel like that's a yeah, felony that's anywhere. Right. Yeah, that
0: should be. Yeah. yeah. do up in that mouth. But
1: a felony, but understandable.
0: Yeah. Oh, 100%. You know what
1: I mean? I support it.
0: Especially if there's like a, a beautiful lipstick kiss right on the envelope. Yeah. Like, mm. yeah.
1: Illegal, but shouldn't be. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Ellen, this
0: means you absolutely won every you threw single- that,
1: You threw that last <laughs> one to me.
0: I, I, I am telling- I don't remember ordering a glass of your opinion. <laughs> Um, you have absolutely won, which means you get a a very special
1: prize. I get a prize. Hold tight. Hold tight, Andrew. There's no prizes left. We we ate all the Reese's peanut butter cups while we were waiting for her because she was late. <laughs>
0: all right, so we have some very special greeting cards. Do I of pick which, one? Yeah. Okay. One is catered just to
1: <gasps> your graduation day. Is a blessing. It's a blessing to attain a goal, to achieve a dream that stirs your soul. It's a blessing to reach this day, to be honored in a special way. May God bless you. And I'm really glad we're super secular. <laughs> I May God bless you in all you do. And may his love shine down on you. Happy graduation.
0: I mean, you could maybe actually use that. I'm sure Lola will graduate One at day. some point.
1: I mean, listen, honestly, <laughs> I'm not even being funny. Greeting cards are not cheap. <laughs> they're not. They're like well, we're five, pulling out all the stops yeah, here. Yeah, they're like $5. And I... Wait, can I throw something at you? Yeah, Okay, please. so some I am full of useless knowledge. Great. Like, absolutely, foods that start with the letter Q. Do okay. you know what I mean? And I love... Anyone who listens to my podcast know I love like prop like groups of animal names. Oh yeah,
0: like a dazzle of zebras.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True or false? Oh. That sounds right. Or Ellen, you're full of yeah. pork and beans again. <laughs> a blessing <gasps> is a group of Norwals. <laughs> a group. Of- I
0: mean, that sounds very right. It is.
1: A, a blessing is a group a of Norwals. A blessing
0: of Norwals.
1: Yeah, who has ever seen a single Norwal, let alone many Norwals, to necessitate a group name? I know. <laughs> a blessing of Norwals in this economy,
0: in the Great Depression, in the
1: Great Depression, close when but no cigar. Kathy Bates is singing <laughs> songs about the Queen this is this is too
0: much y'all that is all for our show today please remember to subscribe and if you liked us always read us a review these really help big big thanks to my guest ellen marsh who you can find on her socials ellen that's with a y marsh or on your podcast app at i think not obsessed but disappeared and robbie and ellen sell the case Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And join us next week for another episode of That Sounds Right.